Would you open God's precious holy word to Psalm 147? This is why we praise the Lord. A psalm written in the time of the return of the Jews back from Babylonian captivity under the leadership of Zerubbabel by the decree of Cyrus to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That is what the focus is on the praiseworthiness in this psalm. So let's, uh, let's look at it. First of all, praise the Lord because his people have been restored. Each of these, there are three sections here, and each section starts with a special proclamation of praise. Praise Yah, or hallelujah, for it is good to sing to our God. Let me stop there. For all of those years in Babylonian captivity, the Babylonians and the world really knew how great the Jews were in music. Long time earlier, David had appointed temple musicians, a special part of the priesthood, the Korahites. And they grew up in musical training. That was was their priestly service. Many of the Psalms have musical instructions as to how they're to be uh, directed or, or sung or played, and they were sung with accompaniment. So they developed a reputation for being really the greatest musicians in the world in their day. The stringed instruments, the horns, the cymbals, the timbrels that they had. It was, I'm sure, the finest orchestra of that day. Flutes. I can envision a choir of the priesthood, of the musical priests, who would sing in part and harmony and extol the glories of the Lord. When I was in high school, I was in the high school choral group. And I made, hey, you're in, you're in front of a celebrity here. I made Allstate Choir every year. And one year, we sung one of those Hebrew songs of the men going to war. And our choral director taught us that part of the psychological warfare of the Israelites was that they were good singers and they sang the song and it got louder as they got closer to the battleground. And I remember the Give me a galil, ill, give me a galil, ill, give me a galil, ill, 
Yivne Hagalil, Baruch Yivne Hagalil, Baruch Yivne Hagalil, Baruch Yivne Hagalil, Baruch Yivne Hagalil. And he'd let her, they'd closer say, don't worry, I'm not going to sing the song all the way to the battlefield. But it was quite, um, it was something that would, was heartrending, it would shake you up. Because the All-State Choir, of course, had hundreds of voices. And by the time you got to the end of this battle song, it was supposed to, it was supposed to reflect the fact that the warriors of Israel had arrived. And it was very loud. The voices of thousands of soldiers. El Yivne Hagalil, Baruch Yivne Hagalil. And this would have instilled fear into, their, uh, into the hearts of their enemies. Now, the great singers that they were, Chaldeans came to them in the time of Babylonian captivity and they said, oh, come on, sing us a song. You guys are good. We love to hear good music. And they wept and they said, no, we've hung our harps on tree limbs down at the river there's nothing for us to sing about. They would sing in their worship. They would sing at their temple. They would sing in the presence of Yahweh, just inside at the Holy of Holies. But having been defeated and torn from their temple, they had no heart to sing. But now they're back in the land, and look what it says. For it is good to sing to our God, because He is pleasant. Praise is beautiful for Him. A beautiful thing. Yahweh is the builder of Jerusalem. This is the psalm they would sing. This is the chant they would make as they rebuilt the walls. He will gather the outcasts of Israel. This is a reference to those who were in captivity for so long. Who heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Our Lord is great and has much strength. His understanding is infinite. Yahweh strengthens the humble. He humbles the wicked to the ground. Here's what he's saying. We were grieved for those 70 years. And we are brokenhearted now as we return, the older ones who could remember the glory of the temple and the glory of Jerusalem before the Babylonians came and just tore it all down. But as surely as he knows the names of every star, the name of every star, as surely as he knows that, he knows the names and the situations of his people and assumes the responsibility to comfort them as they have returned to this great work. Our Lord is great. They don't call him Yahweh there. They call it, it's a form of Adonai. The master who rules over everything is great 
has much strength. His understanding cannot be calculated. It's infinite. He knows everything. Yahweh strengthens the humble and humbles the wicked to the ground. They were surrounded by enemies as they tried to build, rebuild the walls and then the city. The second reason we praise, they would say, is to sing to the Lord because the land has been refreshed. Shout to Yahweh with thanks. Sing praises to our God with a harp. They've taken the harps off of the trees, tuned them up, and are singing praises to Yahweh again. Yahweh who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who causes the mountains to sprout grass. Now think about this. They had nothing but their faith in Yahweh. They needed the early and the latter rains for their crops. They needed to be fed. They needed grass for livestock. They needed food for livestock. They needed wild beasts to be fed so that the wild beasts would not come prowling into their village at night as they set up in small communities inside the old city of Jerusalem. Yahweh took care of them. He controls the weather. He covered the heavens with cloud. He gave them their rain. He caused the mountains to sprout grass when no one had planted the grass. There was, there was pasture land and there was food for the animals. He does not desire the might of the horse, nor does he take pleasure in the legs of man. He doesn't need our power. He doesn't really need us. We need him. It is only, it is only by his grace that he does for us what he does. He didn't need the horse or the strength of man. Yahweh desires those who fear him, those who hope in his mercy. His mercy, that's, that's, that's a word that is directly connected to his covenant relationship. So what does he desire? He desires the worshipful, reverential heart of his people. Those who have faith in what he has said. I will give you this land. You will leave the land because you're sinners. I will bring you back to the land because I have established a covenant with you. It is not what you have done for me. It is what I have done for you. It is not what you have covenanted to me. It's what I have covenanted to you. This is the whole thing. These are the ones that Yahweh takes pleasure in. Those who fear him. Those who hope in his mercy. They praise Yahweh as they boast of or, or they glory in the land. And in the land, the word has been Revealed. Oh, Jerusalem, praise Yahweh. Glory in your God. Boast about your God, 
O Zion, for he has strengthened the bars of your gates. They were so helpless and they had all of these enemies surrounding them, but God took care of them. He blessed your children within you. Within your borders, he makes peace. With the best of the wheat, he fills you. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. Now those who were charged as guardians of the word of God were the Jews. No other nation in the world had this responsibility to bring forth in Old Testament time and then to guard and protect the word of God. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the hoarfrost like ashes. He hurls his hail like crumbs before his cold. Who can stand? He controls the weather. He sends out his word and melts them. He blows his wind and causes his water to flow. As surely as he controls everything else, he declares his word to Jacob. His statutes and his judgments to Israel. True justice, true righteousness. How many standards of righteousness and justice existed among the nations? But there was one true standard of righteousness. And that was given to God's people via his word. And they guarded it and they protected it. He declares his word to Jacob his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He did not do so thus to any other nation. And they did not know the judgments, his righteousness, his justice. Hallelujah. This is why they praised the Lord. They had nothing and they had everything. They were, they were humbled and yet they were strong. They were weak, but the gates were strengthened. They did not have the resources to feed their animals or to do the things that needed to be done so that they could be protected from the wild beasts and yet God took care of them. Now separated back to themselves, they continued to care for the precious, holy word of God as they had it in their day. Meticulously and carefully with stringent rules that they had established for scribes would maintain copies of the holy word of God. The holy word of God. Qumran. Those ancient manuscripts that are, some of them rolled up in copper and all the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, all of these things come together to prove the veracity of the Word of God. Not one spade of dirt has ever been overturned that has disproven the Word of God. God's people strengthened and cared for by Almighty God were guardians of of his word. He gave his word to them and not to any other nation. And his word moved swiftly. What a great psalm. How the people in their return praised 
Yahweh. For the truth of his word, it had been prophesied, first of all, that they would go off into slavery. And it was further prophesied that they would come back after 70 years. All of this shown to be true in the word of God. No wonder they sang. No wonder they shouted their praises. Even though they were living in tents and in a broken down city surrounded by really very dangerous enemies, they kept doing the work. I cannot come down from this work because it's a good work. They said. They weren't intimidated. They trusted God. And in their trust and in the care that God had provided for them, they praised God. He inhabits the praise of his people. Well, let's pray. And we'll be done, okay? Father God in heaven, there are so many ways that we praise you. So many ways. So many reasons to sing your praises. So much responsibility to reverence your word. And to bring it swiftly into the world. So much for us to do that parallels what they did in, in their day. Father, strengthen us with this psalm as believers. Help us to understand the, the trust, the tr that we are trustees, that we are guardians of your word. That we're responsible for proclaiming it. God, help us. And help us to rejoice and fill us with your joyful spirit, knowing that this wonderful responsibility is ours and no one else's. And help us to do these things. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight.